Buffalo, Charlie, Charlie one, this is Granite Zero. And good afternoon, troops. It's back with me, Tomo, on the Granite Zero podcast. Welcome back to all of you that are subscribers and to you, the new listeners. Welcome to the experience that is Tomo's Granite Zero podcast. Welcome. Just a quick one, though. This is the second time I've got to do this, so bear with me. Uh, just got it all done, ready to upload, and boom! Fucking disappeared on me, didn't it? 50 minutes worth of chatting down the Swanee. Um, but that is life. What a brilliant week, though. Fantastic week. Everything is happy. I'm fucking positive. Happy, happy, happy. And with a new sort of positive outlook, a new happy mentality brings for a happy home and a happy work. And what do I mean by that? It means that I'm no longer thinking that I'm just a security guard. I'm now thinking of a bigger picture. You know, I've had a nice chat with one of me, uh, one of me pals who is taking on his new adventure, a goal that he set for himself while he was still serving, and he is on his way to doing that. The guy that I'm talking about knows who I'm talking about, should I say. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'll bring it to you when I get some more gen on him, but for what it's worth at the minute, mate, proud of you, and you're doing a fucking blinding job. And he gave me some good feedback to myself, which made me have a, a a real positive think about things and made me think, yeah, you're right. You know, when I left, like I've said, I was missing that something. That's because I didn't set myself any goals. I went off, I did my um, CP course, I did this and I did that. But I never set myself a goal. And when I think about it now, I've completed it, mate. I've got my wife... I've got my two kids, beautiful daughters, and I've now got my own home. I've completed it. I'm happy. But now I can now look at my job and think about the opportunities that I can do to better myself and be the person that I should be. Where I work, there is that chance of progression. There is. And I can see that now. I can see that light. There's other avenues that I can take. I've been asked to uh, help with the recruitment and that sort of thing. And it's good, and it helps me. It makes me feel more me, more human. And it helps me become that more positive me. Like I keep saying, a happy me is a better me. Sure. Um, we've also gained an, a huge number of um, followers on Instagram that from what we started from like we've only been up a week two weeks I think um, but it's already jumping up each and every time there's a new post we get more and more and more and more and more and it, it, it really helps with things and it's helping to spread that word and especially on things like Instagram and Twitter even my Twitter followers have come up I'm nearly up to about 300 followers which for such a small podcast that's done in a shed is a big big thing and it's it helps spread that word that I'm trying to do, that it's okay to talk about things. That's that's what I'm trying to get at. Um, 
other good things that have happened this week. My uh, my cousin Susan got married. And what a spectacular wedding it was. A beautiful venue, beautiful people. I have a family around me. Uh, me and my brother and my dad, they're sort of like the black sheep of the family, as it were. Um, where my cousins and my uncles and aunties are very close. They come from the same area, that sort of thing. Where we're from, Hereford, way out of the way. But once we're together, it brings that party atmosphere. And having that party atmosphere was amazing. And like I've always said, no Tomo, no party. No Tomo, no party. So the whiskey and the beer did flow. And it was a lovely wedding, lovely service. Everything was brilliant. You know, there was one big thing that was missing, and that was my nan. Uh, My nan didn't want to be a burden to anyone. She's 90 years old, or coming up to 90, should I say. (coughs) Probably tell me off for that. Uh, she's coming up to 90. She uh, was diagnosed with bone and breast cancer, sadly. Um, and even more sad was the fact that she was so active and so strong and so um, powerful. And that was all taken away. She basically slipped and shattered her pelvis. And that's when the doctors uh, discovered the cancer. And in discovering that, they gave her three months to live. Sad, yeah. But very... So, knowing that she only had three months to live, you know, I remember sitting down, all the family went out to see her, and basically each cousin, in turn, sort of took took their turn to sit down with her. And... She sat and told me, she said, uh, I'm not ready to go yet. And boy, was she not wrong. Because we're now coming up to two, three years since she was diagnosed only three months to live. And she's still going strong. Still going strong. Um, but yeah. Basically, she was missed. And of course she was. She's a big part of the family. She's like the focal point of the family. But... She didn't want to um, uh, be a burden to anyone, and that was her decision. But I know full well that she was thinking about uh, Susan throughout the whole day. I can guarantee it, because that's the type of person she is. But yeah, strong mind, stubborn, not ready to go after giving three months to live and still going. So whatever she's got, they need to bottle and sell that. (laughs) She is a breathtaking woman, that is for sure. But... Like I said, the spectacle of the whole thing was brilliant. Everything from the ceremony, the drinks, the hors d'oeuvres, the wedding food was good. Um, But then we get down to the speeches. (sighs) The speeches. And the only thing I can say about the speeches is... Actually, we'll we'll, we'll take a step back. Because I know the pressure you get from being a best man. You get a lot of pressure. You've got to make sure the groom is sorted. You've got to make sure the rings are sorted. You've got to make sure he has a decent stag. You have to make sure this, that, 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 that. But what's the main thing? It is the speech, isn't it? The best man's speech. You have to cater for everyone. You have to make it... uh, 
loving speech. You have to make it an important speech. You have to thank people. You have to do this. You have to do that. Sure. You have to make it funny in ways that people understand and, and, and get and can embrace and laugh and then come up to you in the end and go, that was a brilliant speech. Well done. Shake your hand. This, that, and the other. What you don't do is uh, make a pedo joke. Oh, yeah, you heard correctly. You don't make a pedo joke at a wedding. Ever. That is forbidden. One thing, right, you can embarrass your stag, the groom, whatever you want to call him. Embarrass him away. Get it out of your system. Sure thing, dude. One thing you don't do is basically make him look like a fool too much in front of his new bride in the ways that you don't go, hey, he's checking out this bird, he's checking out that bird. And then you don't say, ah, she's 13. Ah, you don't make a pedo joke. <laughs> I shouldn't have to say that. But you don't make a pedo joke at a wedding. Ever. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and I mean, I had to leave. When the speeches were done, I had to leave so I could laugh, because obviously... I'm laughing at the situation. He's looking around. He already feels nervous. And then he makes a pedo joke at a wedding. You should see the disgust on people's faces. I mean, you had my uncle shaking his head. You know, I've got my kids there, by the way. They obviously don't understand it. My niece doesn't understand it either. Of course not. But... I look over and I see my brother with, like, tears running down his face because he's trying to hold in his laughter. I don't think he was laughing at the joke either. He was laughing at the fact that the best man made a fucking Beto joke. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you can laugh about it now, but it was fucking cringeworthy to see him... Bomb! You know, sometimes you tell a joke and you can feel it in the room that it's not working. Like, on the whole build-up, nobody was really laughing at it. the stuff he was saying. His, his, the way he was, like, portraying himself as the best man, trying a bit too hard. It just wasn't working. And then he pulls out a Beto joke. Man, you, you just don't... You, hey, right bit of advice for any people that are listening to this that have become a best man. Just one bit of advice. Ready? You ready? You listed? Don't ever make a pedo joke at a wedding. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. But yeah, other than that, the wedding was spot on. Top notch can't knock it, you know, I either go one of three ways when I'm drunk, I'll be really, really happy dancing, being spectacularly fabulous, <laughs> in the best way, or I go a bit sad, a bit emotional, a bit down, a bit dark, you know, or I get really punchy and fighty, thank God it was the first one, you know, uh, Little Brown kind of got 
a tad emotional, hugged it out a few times, made me neck pop. He's got weird freakish strength. It's weird. Oh, but fucking hell. Yeah, don't make pedo jokes at a wedding. <laughs> right, into some current events and some sports and some news. It's mainly going to be a bit more um, sort of sport-orientated this one, uh, this week. Um, however, uh, those of you that know me, sort of know my background, I did a CP course where I qualified as a close protection operative and as well as a surveillance operative. I took that to the next step where I used to do surveillance for a company where I'd investigate people that were doing insurance frauds making sure they were either telling the truth about their injuries or blatantly straight up lying. Right, so I know what it takes to become a surveillance operative. And just recently, there's a new show out there on BBC, 9 o'clock on a Sunday, called Line of Duty. Those of you that know it, know it's a brilliant, fabulous, spectacular TV program that has you gripped from the start to the end of each episode where it leaves you on a cliffhanger. However... Certain things really grip my shit, and one of them is their surveillance drills that they do. They're in the front with their binos out, they got the cameras out through the front, and things like that. And that's one thing you never do. You tend to do the surveillance from the back seats with a curtain or or something, um, usually out of the back window, where you can't be seen. Tinted windows, you've got it all blacked out. There's somebody sat in the front, sure, but the main guy will be sat in the back. You won't, and you won't be able to see him. You won't know he's there. Very sneaky. And they tend to use vans instead of cars. And the reason for that is there's more space in the back and they can get a good view. Sometimes they'll do it out of the back window. Sometimes they'll do it out of the front with a, with a, with, with a curtain, that sort of thing. But line of duty drills are terrible. And their room clearance drills is terrible. You'd think they'd get a consultant in to, you know, talk them through it. <laughs> but, you know, it's a very successful show, so I'm sure they're just going to go, hey, shit up. We know what we're doing. Um, into the sport. Right. As I'm recording this, United were playing Everton. Yeah. You know, I would have thought after the way we played against Barcelona, uh, how poorly we played, the lack of anything. You know, I just thought a few players sort of had an off night, didn't really want to turn up, didn't really want to do this, didn't really want to do that. Sure. Happens. Sometimes you have an off night when you're playing football. It happens. Of course it does. They've just been beaten 4-0 by Everton. Yeah, we're away from home. And a lot of people thought it was Mourinho that was the problem. Yeah, I was a big one for that. I hold my hands up. I've said it a few times. Um, I believe that his style was outdated, that sort of thing. The players weren't playing with freedom. They weren't playing with passion. They weren't playing with flair. Uh, they weren't playing football like United played football. Bring in uh, Ole Gunnar, and things changed. We went 10 games in a row without uh, losing, that sort of thing. And it's now like they've come to the conclusion that we've got four games left. Top four is is sort of slipping away now, especially the way they've been playing. 
And it's like these players don't want to play for the club. I don't understand why, but there's something bigger than the club that's going on. And I don't think it is a manager. I don't. Because I think Ole Gunnar has brought in a passion that wasn't there before. But all of a sudden, it's like it's coming to the end of the season. It's a wind down. We're not going to win a trophy. We're not going to get a top four, really. In, in retrospect, it's not going to happen. That sort of thing. But you're still fighting for your place to wear that shirt. And that shirt holds a lot of value, especially to the likes of myself and other United fans because we're used to being such a dominant team. And seeing other teams now dominating United is quite embarrassing. Especially, uh, inverted commas, lesser teams. Like against West Ham, we didn't exactly play very well at home. Uh, Barcelona, we got basically taught a lesson. Outclassed, totally outclassed. And now Everton have just smashed this to pieces 4-0. Got the world's best goalkeeper. Having shitters. We've got a back four that shouldn't even be wearing a shirt. And a midfielder don't really want to be there. And then you've got the likes of Martial that it went from strength to strength when Ole Gunnar came in. So did Pogba. And now it's like, who are these players? They've gone back to playing how they played under Mourinho. It's, it's kind of disgusting. But in other football news, you know, you've got the likes of City and Liverpool now. And, uh, much as it hurts me to say, they are playing some fucking brilliant football. Brilliant, beautiful, passionate, exciting football. And asking me to choose who would I prefer to win the league at a city in Liverpool is like asking me who would I prefer to babysit my kids, the McCann's or Michael Jackson. It's not one that I really want to choose. <laughs> But, you know, it is what it is. And those of you that watch the games, the Champions League matches, you know, Liverpool getting through quite easily against Porto, sure. That was sort of a given. Everyone wrote Spurs off. City are going to win the quadruple. Of course they are. Fucking not. Spurs had other things. And those of you that enjoy watching football for football, well played Spurs. You know, I thought City had gone, gone, gone and got it, gone and gone through. They showed me, didn't they? Certainly showed me. Well played, Spurs. Well played, indeed. And in your face and shove that quadruple where the sun don't shine because you ain't going to get it. Domestic trouble is probably on the cards, but, you know, you ain't going to win that. (laughs) And uh, let's hope that Liverpool get knocked out next by Barca. Let's hope that. Uh, my dark horse for it, Ajax. No offence, Spurs. I'd love to have a British team that's not Liverpool in the final. Um, but, yeah, I think Ajax are the dark horses. A team not but two years ago lost to United in the uh, Europa League final and now in the semi-finals of the Champions League. How different the, the two teams are. Boxing news. You know, I managed to catch the Derek Chisora fight. In uh, at the O2, I saw that uh, last night, and I wish I hadn't because he was terrible. Um, you had his opponent on one side that just looked like a glorified sparring partner that was just terrible, just surviving to be in there, didn't really give a crap, just there for a payday, and you're 
Zora that's too old to be a boxer, in my opinion. He used to give up. He had no sense of urgency. He had no sense of killer instinct. He just looked like a terrible, terrible boxer in there. And how he's one of the main events at the O2, I don't know. Terrible fight. Shocking. Uh, and I just want to feel... I feel a bit sorry for Amir Khan because he wanted to go out on his shield... Um, and he's never really backed down from a fight. Everybody wanted to see him fight Kell Brook. It didn't happen. He fought uh, a better fighter in Terence Crawford, who is one of the pound-for-pound great fighters at the minute. And it showed. He was totally outclassed. First round, Khan got dropped, um, and then was just picked apart for the next uh, five rounds after that. Um, All I can say about Amir Khan is it just seems like his, his hand speed has gone his blitz, so when he would blitz him with a, a flurry of punches, it weren't, weren't effective. He landed a few decent right hands, but didn't really affect Crawford in the slightest. In the slightest. Um, but yeah, his hand speed had gone, didn't really affect uh, Crawford in the slightest. And then uh, when the low blow hit, it was a low blow, but I think he would have been knocked out cold. I think his corner did them a favour. They were protecting their fighter at the end of the day, and I think that should be it for um, uh, for Amir Khan. I don't think he's really got the bottle anymore. I know he wanted to go out on his shield. I know he wants the toughest fights possible, but I think that's I think that's it. I think his chin is weak. Now his hand speed's gone. It's, it's inevitable that it's the end for him. Unfortunately, you know. Um, but that happens, doesn't it? It happens as boxing. Father Time knocks on them all. Um, not all of them can be like um, Mayweather and fight until he's 40, barely be touched 50, 50-0, 51-0, whatever he is, and, and still be so dominant. Uh, but Father Time will touch us all. Uh, another boxing news, Big Baby Miller. Big Baby Cheetah. You know, he started ripping uh, AJ for for his um, performance-enhancing supplements, which AJ gets tested regularly. Nothing's ever come up, so don't know where he's getting that from. And then he gets tested and uh, fails for fat strippers, of course, because you're fat. Just, um, just a quick one, though. Just train harder, mate. You're a heavyweight at the end of the day. What are you fat stripping for? Just train harder, get bigger, be stronger. Um, and then he gets... Uh, for a proper performance enhancing steroid, I believe. So, you know, he's in one hand, he's got the biggest payday of his his career. You know, fighting in America against Anthony Joshua going to be the biggest payday in his career. And he's just gone and thrown it all away. It's ridiculous. And now they're trying to get someone to step in to fight AJ on short notice, really. Uh, the money's on um, Ortiz to fight, but they want an American fighter just because it's in America. Um... We'll see how that goes. I don't see how it's going to um, how how it's going to happen, but hopefully AJ gets a decent fight, so he gets a decent fight, so that he becomes a bigger name uh, over there, so that he can fight the likes of Wilder and possibly Fury in the future, and get there and get those super fights done, so that we can see who is the greatest heavyweight at this time. Uh, but yeah, I don't really want to talk about Baby Miller. He's just a disgrace. And should have his license taken off him and, sh- and, and, and thrown out. You know, 
he's a cheater at the end of the day. Um, my beloved Philadelphia 76ers have now got a 3-1 lead in the basketball NBA playoffs. Uh, those of you that know me know that I enjoy basketball. I sort of took a step back when I left the Air Force, uh, when I joined the Air Force, um, and haven't really uh, got my feet back in on, onto the court. But that's going to happen on Tuesday when I go to my first basketball training session in about seven years. So wish me luck on that one. But yeah, the Sixers went one nil down in the in the uh, first game, uh, but now have uh, basically taken it to them. Um, the latest game to go 3-1 up. They need one more victory to go through to the next round of the semis in the Eastern Conference. Um, they had a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter and brought it back to win 112-108. And they are looking good. You've got to trust in the process that they've got. They've now got a team that is successful and want to win. They work together as a team. And I think they're going to build on it. Hopefully they uh, take it to the next level in the next game. And I can bring you some more updates on that for those of you that care. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's all I've got for the sports news. Sports and current events, except for one thing. I hope every listener from the Granite Zero podcast has saluted and said happy birthday to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and wished her a happy birthday on her 93rd birthday. So, Mum, from all of us at Granite Zero Podcast, happy birthday. I hope you still have many more. You know, 93. Jesus. I'm a bit of a royalist. I love the royal family. Obviously, those of you that know, I was uh, lucky enough to meet Prince William first while I was hanging out in a trench I told him I was fucking freezing shook his hand world's softest hands by the way world's softest hands and um, uh, yeah he uh, he told me the result against United Barcelona back then in 2008 uh, when he scored a screamer he ruined that for me I had it all ready to watch and he ruined it but never mind thank you very much sir um and then I had the privilege to meet Prince Harry. The first time was uh, at RAF Honington. Uh, I had my wife and my eldest Jess with me at the time. We had a, a good uh, a good chat for several minutes. Um, we also then had a half a page spread photographing. Hello, Magali. Treat myself to that crate. But yeah, I love the royal family. Love everything about it. I love the, what they stand for. I love what they mean and what it means to be British. And yeah, so happy birthday, Your Majesty. I hope you have many, 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 many more. <laughs> oh. Anyway, those of you um, that are regular listeners know that I like to tell a few stories uh, from the family, uh, my little family. And obviously I've got Jess and Sophia. And Sophia's got this thing at the minute where she keeps sneaking into our bed. Which is standard. I think most five-year-olds come in for a cuddle every now and then. Um, but she she does it quite regularly. And every now and then... She, every now and then she's like a ninja. Where you don't even realise she's in the room. And then, wah, she's there. You wake up and you're like, didn't realise you were there. But every now and then she makes a bit of noise and wakes me up. 
sort of intrudes into my sleep and it's annoying. And she did it this other, the other day. She walked in and I was like, Sophia, can you please stop coming in our room? Oh, I said it quite, you know, tired and sort of grumpy, thinking that she would just sleep in our bed. But she didn't. Uh, of course she didn't. Why would she? <clears throat> and then she also didn't go back to her own bed. No, no, no. She wouldn't, wouldn't, that wouldn't process with her. So instead of going to our bed or her own bed, she decided, I'm going to sleep on the floor. And when I found out that she fell asleep on the floor, oh, I broke my heart. I felt so bad. I was like, oh, how could I do that to her? How could I make her think that we didn't want her in the room? And it made me feel bad, you know. Because she can be a mummy's girl, but every now and then I get glimpses of being, you know, her, her being a, a daddy's girl, and it's nice. Jessica is becoming more of a daddy's girl. Yes, I take the mech out of her all the time. I can be a bit grumpy with them, but at the end of the day, they're, they're my, my, the apples of my eye. They are the best thing in my life. Is those two girls, and sometimes I'm a bit, a bit mean to them, a bit grumpy, but dads are, that's the rules. Um, but uh, the other day, uh, Jess went out with Kate um, to do a fitness class, the one that I told you about the other day, the uh, drum and bass one. Um, but it was just me and Sophia. And I was like, "What do you want? To, what do you want to do? You want to watch a movie or something? Have a have a chocolate bar? Watch a movie with that?" She was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." But she chose the movie. The Princess Mermaid. I know what you're thinking. Sounds like a brilliant movie. It's not, though. Probably the worst movie I've ever seen. And if you work for Amazon Prime movies, yeah, take it off. It is the worst movie I have ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it looked like someone made it on their computer the day before. It's like, shit, I've got my deadline to finish this. What can I do? That'll do. The words didn't go with the the lip movements. The story didn't make sense. And it was just poorly made. Poorly, poorly made. Sophia loved it, obviously. It was shit. So from now on, Daddy is picking the movie. Facts. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, those of you... Don't watch that movie, ever. Just pure and simple rubbish. Right. We've now been in our lovely home uh, over a year now. Just. Uh, but previous to that, obviously, we lived in a different house. Standard. Uh, we had quite nice neighbours, and when we were living there we used to look after their cat they went on holiday so they texted us and said could you look after the cat when i go on holiday sure no problem they've got the world's ugliest house cat by the way and yeah i said house cat it's so ugly i mean it looks like it's had a stroke for a start and it's just ugly you look at it and you go i couldn't even love you if you were my cat because you're so ugly like, it hides in the cupboard, and every now and then you have to check to make sure it's um, in the house or it hasn't escaped or anything. So you open the door and you're like, ah, shit. 
makes you jump because it's so ugly. Um, but the other day, right, so we go in, we're going to do all the food, change the litter, that sort of thing. As a family, the girls wanted to go in. I was in the car, so I thought I'd come out and help so I can help change the litter. We open the door and get this waft of just stench. And I mean, it's a stench. It was disgusting. And I mean foul to the point where we were all wretched. All of us, from Sophia, Jessica, Kate, myself, wretched. The cat had diarrhoea and it was all... Uh, makes me feel sick now thinking about it. It was literally all over the litter tray, on the floor, everywhere. It was just fucking foul. And I mean, like, dry heaving, I'm going to be sick foul. Excuse me, it's making me feel a bit funny just uh, thinking about it. But, absolutely hideous. Hideous. And it was just, you know when it gets stuck in your nostrils, you have to wear like a tea towel so that you can clean the shit up. So, I don't know what's worse, the stench from the diarrhoea or the bloke's wedding paedophile joke. I cannot... Oh, it was just disgusting. Tea towel on the face, and of course it was me. Sean, you're better at doing this than me. Oh, yeah, I'll clean up the shit, shall I? Absolutely freaking hideous, and it made me feel physically ill. And I don't think I ever want to do it again. Ever. Ever. Um, <laughs> so that's... That's just just awful. And I'm like, can we never do that again? Please. It is just... Makes me upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does make you, make you think that it... That... We said yes to cleaning that cow. And we open up the door and get that stench. We... We're not getting paid for it. We're just doing it out of the kindness of our harm. We get your fucking diarrhea cap. <laughs> oh, it's foul. Oh. Anyway, as 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 I'm recording this, it's uh, Easter Sunday, and once again, I miss out on on such a big thing. I know it's not a a huge thing. Because, obviously, we're not religious or anything like that. But holidays like this is what brings family together. Yeah? And I've always seemed to be stuck working on these on these family sort of holidays. Christmas. You know, Easter. The big ones like that. Um, New Year's. That sort of thing. And I always seem to be working it. And it's like... It's really quite depressing in a way it does knock you back those of you that have to work the holidays and suffer from the depressions that i sort of suffer from it knocks you back and normally i'd go into sort i'd be moping around like christmas day i was moping around uh so i was working christmas day you're moping around you're getting agitated about this you're getting down about this you're taking out on your missus you're taking out on your friends you're taking out on your kids because you want to be there and be there with them on those times now i know easter isn't a huge thing 
but seeing the girls that happy when they're Easter egg hunting is, is something that really lightens up your day, you know. Lucky for me, I get sent, <coughs> excuse me, photos, video clips, that sort of thing. And it does help because those two girls are my, my light. There are other things now, but that they are the main light. So it doesn't matter how dark and down I get. I will know that I will never get any lower or any darker because I know that I cannot hurt those two girls in that way. I know a lot of people struggle with with a darker, harsher, more killing sort of depression than, than, than what I probably suffer from. I get down, I get sad, I get lonely, I get anxious, I get upset, all those sort of things. And then I will look at a photo of me and the girls. I will get a phone call and and Sophia will answer it being cheeky and sassy that she always is. And it and it just like it's like and I'm and I'm like, Oh you know? It's a bit like on the, the, the T V series Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. And he gets that low that he wants to, to fucking end his own life. I've never been that low, just to reiterate that. But then his dog needs feeding, you know, and he does. He wants to be there for his dog. Of course he does. You know, it's those little things. And I know in, in my heart of hearts, as low as I will get, I will always have those two to pick me back up. And I just want to be there to to witness, to be a part of these family events. You know, there's little things like barbecues. Um you know, family parties. I always seem to miss out on those. Uh, more from my um, in-laws sort of side. They have lots of it because we live closer to my in-laws than we do to my, my family. But they have these little get-togethers. And I always seem to see it work. I always have done because I used to always work a weekend uh, for childcare reasons. I'd work a weekend so I could have Monday, Tuesday off to look after the girls. Um, that's that's by the by. I would always miss out, and I always seem to be missing out on these little parts of life. And maybe that was a, a reason why I went down a little bit. Possibly, who knows? Uh, but now I realise that I can't keep going down down those rabbit holes of darkness. I have to try and prevent myself from doing it. Sure. Um, but now I'm surrounding myself with positive like-minded people that want me to succeed doing doing my podcast they want me to succeed uh in helping my own mind get better um where it be anything like that like i said my friend talking to me today saying look mate you've done brilliant you've had your own goals yeah you haven't had your main like job focused goal sure you've had your goal to come out and secure your family. And that was my main goal. Of course it was. I wanted to make a secure, happy environment for my kids and my wife. That's what I wanted to do. That's my goal. You know, I've suffered uh, throughout throughout time where I've been a bit of a dickhead at times. Of course, what male hasn't. You know, I'm not going to go into my own personal uh, problems in that department 
because I don't really want to air that sort of side of my dirty laundry. And I'm sure uh, people close to me wouldn't want me to do that either. Um, but I've now, like I said, I've now taken that and I can now focus on something else to make myself better, to make myself more inviting to to look back on my own career when I get older and go, yeah, that's the reason why I did that. That's the reason why I'm doing this. They're the reason why this, this, and this, you know? And there's little things. Like I said, I'm taking up basketball again. I, I was, I played at quite a high standard level basketball. Um, I know a lot of people go, yeah, right, you're five foot six. Don't think so. Um, but I did. And the way I did that was endless hours of practice, practice, practice. Me and my good friend Chris were talking about this the other day, how we would, um, he he's now just noticed he would he would watch some kids playing one on one or whatever in the in the park and looking at the way they were their their shot selections and the way they were doing this that and the other they 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 watch things on like YouTube and think that's how you should play basketball they've got no like basketball uh, IQ where they're a bit slow to the to the path a bit slow to react to getting an intersection, getting the turnovers, that sort of thing. Me and my, me and me pal Chris, we would play for hours in like during break times at school, break times at college, uh, after college, after school, that sort of thing. We, we it didn't seem like there was enough time in the day. And even when I was at home, I'd have a ball in my hand. Before I got my own hoop, I'd be outside dribbling a basketball. You know, I played men's basketball at the age of twelve, thanks to my dad. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, I took my mum's height instead of his, where I'm five foot six. <laughs> but it's a passion that I've always had, and I sort of lost it. And now going back to training on Tuesday, I'll let you know how I get on. Uh, hopefully, I can like reignite that fire that I had. And it's little things like that, little victories like that, that spur you on to the next and the next and the next. I'm still talking to uh, Clarky about the break the mind to f- that. So break the body to fix the mind sort of tour. Uh, if we want to sort of do it sort of summer 2020, um, but we got to try and start getting that ball rolling, that sort of thing, and, and mapping out the journey we're going to take. You know, 130 miles is is a fucking hell of a distance, and to be carrying 50 pounds of kit. Um, 50 to 75 pounds a kit is no easy feat, you know. Um, but there's little things like that. There's goal. We're setting goals. We're doing this. We're doing that. And doing that helps you, you know, remember what it meant to be happy. You know, basketball for me was a happy time, you know. Not just because I was good at it, but it also brought out the competitive side of me. I'm sort of missing that now. I've, I've, I've stopped playing football, which... Uh, maybe I should have not stopped, uh, but a lot of the other players were sort of uh, given up as well. Me and the lads started playing. Uh, well, we started playing. Went to the driving range and played one one round of fucking golf at the driving range just to get the techniques in. You know, I bought a set of clubs for a tenner from the uh, charity shop. But it's little things like that, keeping those bonds with your friends to stay positive and keeping that mindset set in your head is what it means to become a better person to help smash that stigma of mental health 
you know, a lot of people think that if you've got depression, anxiety, that fucking PTSD, this, that, and the other, that you're always going to be down, dark, and depressed. It's not the case. It just means that when you take those turns and you do go down, you go down harder than than the average bear, you know? I, for one, know that if I stay happy and positive and keep myself active and happy, I'm going to keep saying happy, um, that it will help limit those times. doesn't mean I'm going to ever stop having those times. No, because of course, of course not. But that doesn't mean I can't limit the amount of times I have them, you know. I tend to have them when I'm sat on my own doing nothing. Um, if it's a slow day at work, uh, I haven't I haven't got any music on, or I'm just sat in my own thoughts, and then all of a sudden I'll get in my head that I'm a disgrace and I'm... I'm on this, that, and the other, and I take a turn and I go down, 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 down. But now I've got this fire, this drive to be a better me, and to help spread this word that it's okay to not be okay, to have people come and talk to me is is is, uh, is brilliant. What we're trying to do is break that stigma that everybody with mental health, inverted commas, is mental, you know, that they're always down and dark and depressed and emo and all this because they're not you know they're they're people like regular people like me and you you know i'm i'm quite a happy sort of person but every now and then i have my down days sure they're very limited the last month or so because i'm i've now found my my voice where apart from the other day I was more tired and more depressed than the fact that United got smashed by um, Barcelona. But I was a bit grumpy, a bit snappy, a bit distant with um, with the family. Um, but that happens. You know, I'm now, I'm starting to become better at articulating myself to the people I care about most. Where before I'd be very drawn in and just be a grumpy mess. And an, an emotional mess when I got drunk. Where now... I'm finding the light in these things. I'm taking up basketball again. I'm taking up a bit of golf. I'm going to the pub with my friends. I'm finding the happy, happy, positive parts of everything. And I'm surrounding myself with positive, like-minded people and cutting out the cancerous, negative people that try and put you down. You know, you'll read... You can't go through all your uh, likes and Instagram posts and go, oh, look at all these happy things because that'll take you hours and hours and hours but you'll notice that one that goes you're a dick you can't do this you're you shouldn't be do, feeling that you shouldn't be doing this and it that 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 cancer that will send you back it will so you have to try and do a Joe Rogan do a Kevin Hart ignore that ignore it I know it's difficult ignore it Go and phone up your pal and go, you are right, pal? How are you doing? He'll go, yeah, I'm all right. How are you doing? Ah, oh, I've had a bit of a down day. He will then go, ah, oh, talk to me about it. Do you want to go for a beer? Sure. Get it in you. You know, go for your walk. Go and play basketball. Take your fitness class. Have a round of golf. Play croquet. Whatever you want to do to... Um, keep hold of that mindset to keep you happy to keep you positive to keep you focused there's loads of get a hobbies collect stamps whatever it 
whatever it is, I almost swore then. Try, I'm trying to swear a little less. I had a bit of a bollocking from Darren. He's like, you keep using the F word too much. Um, but yeah, you've got to try and surround yourself with those things that will make you a better you, you know. For me, I've now, I'm starting at basketball again. Love it. Few few rounds of golf with the pals just for a, a bit of a laugh, a bit of a piss take. Brilliant. And I've got this. You know, I've had a few mates of mine suggest it to um, a few of their friends, a few, few uh, veterans as well that are enjoying it. I've got family members now getting involved and enjoying it. I've got my big brother, a.k.a. He's put himself down as the brown granite jewel. Whatever that means. I'd call him Little Brown. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've got him taken over the Instagram. And that in itself is, is creating more and more people to listen and enjoy it. You know, um, this week, I've, I can't remember if it was this week or last week. I can't remember if I mentioned it in the previous um, podcasts or not, but uh, my main man Robbo is off to um, Denmark to start his uh, GB selection for the wheelchair rugby and that is fucking fantastic you know if there's anybody that's that's out there that is you know a poster boy for adversity and coming through things Robbo you know he lost both his legs in an IED blast and he's gone from strength to strength you know, he was the wheelchair rugby captain for the Invictus Games, and he's just an inspiration in himself. And fucking proud to have him as a, as a as a buddy. And he has given me nothing but positive feedback every time he's every time he's listened to the podcast. Uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Marriott, as well. He's he's been giving me some positive feedback. He's been, he got a, a lot of a lot of part of my friend's shit for his own. Um, uh, problems with his mental health because people don't understand it. They don't understand it. They can't see it. Can't be real, but it is. So, but again, he's um, surrounded himself with positive, like-minded people. So is Robbo. So is everybody else that are in my circle that understand where I'm coming from. And I just want to thank you all again for for listening and taking in everything that I've been saying and sharing it and being on Twitter, retweeting it, Instagram, liking the posts, looking at the videos, looking at the, um, or going on to iTunes, subscribing, listening, and the more you listen, the more the stigma behind mental health will disappear. Because there's people like me that, that suffer with it, that are finding their voice and finding it easier to talk and and this and that. And I've had a number, a number of people that have said they want to be guests and I promise you I will get round to it. I promise. I just want to make sure it's perfect, you know, because I could do a Skype call, sure, whether it's going to come through and work as well as I hope, that is one thing, you know, and I don't want to fuck it up. I want it to be as good and as professional as possible when you're working out of a shed and not out of a fancy studio it's kind of difficult but fingers crossed fingers crossed hey we'll get it done don't you worry about that don't you worry about that 
But we're coming to about the point where it's time for me to um, close up the show. Uh, but it's been another fantastic episode. Yes, this is the second time I've recorded it. And now it's another 50 minutes of me talking. I did a 50 minutes before. Similar fucking subjects, obviously. But now it's, you know, 100 minutes of me talking and you're only going to get 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, keep yourself positive, keep yourself focused on, on your goals and, and smash through them. The more you smash your goals, the happier you'll be, the happier you'll feel, you know. Find yourself something that you enjoy, something you like, whether it's uh, a fitness class, totally shredded, made stone, or a, a new gym, the asylum, jet training in Hereford. Enjoy a nice burger. Go to the Beefy Boys in Hereford. Best burger you'll ever taste, and that is guaranteed, I'm telling you now. Or it could be even you enjoy a nice cup of coffee. These guys should all be sponsors, by the way. <laughs> but 50 Cal Coffee, even though they're not a sponsor, I'm going to always push for you guys to uh, drink 50 Cal Coffee. One, because it's fucking lovely. Two, you want to support your veterans and you want to be a patriot. Three, you hate ISIS. So, drink 50 cal coffee. Veteran owned, veteran made, veteran loved. Uh, get amongst it. Enjoy it. But yeah, all those sorts of things. Uh, help the veteran community. Help people uh, who aren't veterans that do suffer from mental health as well. Just support anybody you can and be a positive, happy you. And uh, if there's anything that I want you guys to take away from this whole episode... If anything at all, make sure you take this golden nugget as Jen. Do not, in any circumstances, make a pedo joke at a wedding. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. And as they say in the regiment, per ardua, through adversity. I'm Tomo, and I'm out. Thank you for listening. Charlie, Charlie 1, this is Granite Zero.